right, people, welcome to another episode of Natty News Daily. We have a special guest with us tonight, WMBF Pro, Connor St. Jean. How are you, man? Hey, Leroy, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, you hit me up at just the right time. I got a little bit of spare time going. So I was like, you know, first chance I got, I was like, let's do it. Let's go. I haven't been as vocal as I've uh, have been in the past. So yeah, it's a cool chance to catch up with you guys. Yeah, you actually... Uh... I guess you, when you posted that throwback there the other day, I was like, ah, oh, I wonder how Connor's doing. Cause you're right. You haven't posted a whole lot. You haven't been as active. You know, you were doing your little podcast for a little bit and that wasn't popped up. So I was like, man, I'm going to reach out and see if he's got some free time. And like you said, it, uh, it lined up well. So that's, uh, that's good. I'm happy. Right on, man. Yeah. I kind of just, just lost my way for a little bit there. Um, and, uh, we can go into it if you want the details, but you know, I had, some setbacks in the last uh, month or so. Uh, as far as the podcast I was doing, I just decided to kind of shut that down for the moment. It was just a little bit too time in- intensive. Yep. Try and book a guest every week, come up with topics, do all the thumbnails and editing and stuff. And then like, I'm doing this man. And I like, I, I'm like making spelling errors and posting it off and people are like, Oh, you spelled my name wrong. And I'm like, shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. You put so much work into it. And then like it you re- to do it well, man, it's just, Ooh, it's, it's a time commitment. So Kudos for you for being um, being really uh, consistent with your content, Leroy. Right? That's awesome. It's, you know, you're you haven't slowed down one bit. That's awesome to see, man. Uh, this podcast is. I mean, James can attest to this. This has taken many in- iterations, but I think we finally now have a bit of a yeah, you know, a system now where we have like set times to do this. Because for a while, it was like one of us would be like, we should do a podcast, and then it's trying to coordinate schedules, like you said, trying to find a guest and stuff is challenging, right? So no, at least, at least with myself and James and, and Dan, who will be on here soon, we kind of have a okay. <laughs> we have definitely a time that we can do this, and then you know if we can get guests on, we try to do that. But it, it's tough, man. It's tough pumping out content and trying to be uh, interesting, for lack of a better term. Because yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but bodybuilding, it's like with trying to do vlogs for YouTube and stuff. Like if you just live a normal life, you know, James and I've talked about this, like, you know, if you just have a normal job and a family and stuff like that, like, like, what am I going to vlog? Like I can only post my workouts, which are the same every week, my food, which is the same every day. Like that's not interesting. I'm not in Dubai or anything like that. So, (laughs) but you know, people still watch it. I mean, I'm not going to name names because we know Leroy will censor me if I do, but like <laughs> there are a lot of people that their YouTube content, that's exactly what it is, but people love it. And I think you have to remember though, too, that just because it seems so normal, natural, and easy for us, every time you post a video, there's going to be new people that are like just coming onto the scene that are seeing it. So it's like revolutionary for them, you know, like, Oh, why is he tracking that? Why is he doing his steps? Why is he, you know, whatever, like all the things are like, duh, like, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. uh, I don't know. It's weird. So I, I can, I can respect that, uh, that for you, Connor, cause it's, uh, it's probably something we all go through from time to time. Absolutely, man. So um, let's just start with, I guess, what's going on with you the last, you know, three, four months. What's, what's 2021 looked like for you? There's Dan right there. Hey, Dan. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm almost... oh. dragging us down as always. <laughs> the weak link of the group. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Connor. How are you doing the last few months? 
So um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a decent overview of what went on. I don't want to go into too much detail because it might just sound kind of like whining at some points. But, um, you know, I, I, I was doing quite well. I was going through with my off season. And I remember I spoke, like, I spoke with you and Breton, I think it was right around Christmas time. And I was like, well, I'm going to push my weight up a little bit further and see how it goes. And I feel pretty good about it. And, you know, I did have plans to compete um, this year. But obviously, it was still the COVID stuff was still happening. So, you know, it was kind of like, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going to go on was my idea at the time. So I did, you know, push up my body weight, you know, fairly you know, decently high 205, 207. I'm 5'11. Uh, so, you know, I've been heavier in the past, but this wasn't quite as heavy as I gotten, but it was good. I felt, I felt good about it. And I started to actually yeah. diet a little bit in April and I dieted for about four weeks. And I was liking what I was seeing, you know, the progress. I might, I thought things looked good and I was, you know, I, I hadn't, you know, shared a lot lately, but I was looking forward to posting, you know, kind of my progress as I was, as I was making it there, dieting down, seeing the lines start to come back in. Um, sure. But I, I hit a few snags. So um, one of the things that happened to me in the gym, uh, a little bit of an entry was I was doing a single arm lat pull down on a cable station. And I was doing, I was using a dumbbell on my lap as a counterbalance, right? I, yep. I got this from actually Kasim's page and I really do like it. Um, to hit the lats that way but I had actually a hundred pound dumbbell on my lap to stabilize and I kind of uh, jumbled it up and I was kind of I got it was holding it like this so there was no good way to get it up so I kind of cradled it in my hands and then I had to kind of catch it with my bicep like this and oh, it just shit. it just messed up the tendon there uh, and that set me back for a little bit because I couldn't really train my biceps in the lengthen position I couldn't train a lot of back movements uh, with yeah. that with that arm. So I had to find some workarounds. And then in the meantime, with that, I got quite sick. I had a really bad sinus infection and this, this is, I don't want to spend too much time on this. This is going to be like a rant, but I had to run two rounds of antibiotics uh, to, to finish it. And I also, at the same time, I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine. And I think I had some, a little bit of side effects from that, some fatigue. So a lot of days in May, I would go into the gym and I'd try and train around this bicep or I would just try and train hard in general. I just get super fatigued yep. dealing with the sinus infection, the COVID stuff, uh, the COVID vaccine and, and that going all, all in at once. So the whole month of May, just I kind of went backwards. It seemed like it was, That's it was a really shit tough. show, man. Yeah, it was it was just a bunch of stuff happening at once. And, you know, I was doing really well for the past even like two years. I had no issues. It was just straight. I was either cutting or bulking or I was going in one direction and it was going well, but everything just kind of happened at once there. And it was really hard to, to be productive in my training with it. And then once, once I was able to get through this stuff and work through the bicep stuff, which actually shout out to James, cause I actually hired him to do a, a web consult about that. And it was very helpful. And since then it's gotten a lot better. So, awesome. um, yeah. Um, but at, when I did, as I was coming around to, to getting better and especially just getting over the science infection and finding a few workarounds for the bicep before it hit, has been healing, um, I started to just do a little bit more dieting because I, I had it in my mind. I was just going to diet down to about 185 and then see where, where the world was for the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, as I was sick the last month, you know, in May, I just maintained because I didn't want to diet with all this subpar training. So I continued to diet and uh, I really just, I just finished that up the other day. I hit 185, really, really flat. Um, and I'm just not happy with the look, um, especially with that month of like really poor training and then going into another a deficit for another month after that. It just, I'm not happy with the look. And it just, it serves as a reminder to me that you can't just, 
you know, diet from nothing. You got to be kind of, you know, built up a little bit. And right. I, I was in the peak of my off season, but then that whole month of diminished training, just, I really don't, I'm not super confident with what I have right now. So, um, going back to the drawing board on into a surplus. Now I shut down the competition, um, goals for this year, even though it seems like a lot of the shows will run, uh, as things are turning around, I'm not hundred percent certain everything will happen, but it does look really good, yep. but I'm just not happy with what I have. And I'm not willing to go through the stress of a maybe during a prep. So yep. I'm going to shut it down for 2022. Um, I don't really know what that means for being a pro in the WMBF anymore. I may have to requalify in 2022, yep. but I've kind of gotten over that now and I'm just, I'm, I'm all right with it. And if, you know, I have to come back and do, you know, a, a pro qualifier to try and get that qualification and compete at the pro level, that's fine, man. I'm cool to do that. If I improve um, over the next, you know, if I've improved since 2019, yep. it should be a physique that could probably win most amateur pro qualifiers, at least I would hope. And, Yep. It depends who shows up. There's freaks everywhere, but you know, I'm just kind of over needing that label, I guess. It was such an important thing uh, to me for a long time and it, it still is important, but I don't think, I think I can get over it and, you know, come back in 2022 and be better. So there's that's my cool. long-winded rant for everything that happened, people. Sorry yeah. if it was too much. That uh, was good. Uh, that's actually a good segue into what, you know, I wanted to talk about and that is kind of the waiting game and bodybuilding and not you know, rushing things and rushing to the stage, for example, for yourself, right? You know, if you were so hard pressed to get on stage this year, from the sounds of it, um, A, it probably would have been a very rough prep and B, you, you probably wouldn't have been happy with the final product. So, um, you know, all four of us can can weigh in on this because in some form or another, we've, we've had times that we've waited for the stage or waited for a prep or whatever. So um, let's, let's start with, with Dan. Um, cause you've been a long time away from the stage. So yeah. weigh, weigh in on, I guess, what has prevented you from competing for so long? Um, you know, your rationale behind it, your mindset behind it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So first of all, I'll respond to Connor, like, especially like for you, like making your pro debut, like you, I'm sure you want to come in like on top of your game. Like you, yeah, you want to sure. bring something that's, that's legit. But, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, last competition season was 2018. Um, knew that, uh, you know, like in general, like uh, I think this is a Jeff Alberts, like competing is basically cashing out. It's like cashing out the bank account. So, you know, you got to spend a lot of time in a surplus and actually gaining. I mean, it's bodybuilding. So, you yeah. know, when you're, when you're dieting, you're, you're not building any muscle. You're basically just trying to retain it and get lean. But uh Yes, I, I knew I needed a, a few years. Uh, I, I knew a few productive years would, would be good for me to, to put on some lean tissue, especially on my upper half. Um, you know, a few years of, uh, you know, lots of sleep, lots of training, lots of eating. That, that certainly would be permissive to uh, an improved physique from last time around. Um, and it's, I mean, I've been more on my game the last like three years than I was prior to my 2018 season. Not that I was completely off my game, but uh, yeah. I dabbled a little bit in powerlifting and did some other stuff and uh, wasn't quite as, you know, committed to like the sleep schedule and everything like that. So um, the last three years have been pretty, pretty close to like 
almost fully on point. So, and the physique has definitely like come to life because of that. So um, did you feel any pressure to compete, you know, earlier Um, than maybe you'd want to? Um, this year, (laughs) not uh, from us. (laughs) No, no, not from you guys. No, but, uh, uh, you guys kind of know, I haven't made a formal announcement or anything, but it's probably known at this point. I've talked to a few people, but you guys kind of know what, what's going on. But um, yeah, and like 2019, obviously I was, I was absolutely not going to compete in 2019. Like the first, I, I had to spend like the first half of 2019 just recovering from my 2018 season. So um, I didn't really feel normal. Like my last show was in December. I didn't really feel normal, quote unquote, until like April-ish, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was pretty much out and 2020, I, I mean, I guess I could have competed, but I knew I wanted to do either 2021 or 2022. That was kind of like, I needed an extended period of time to put on a, a decent amount of tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, especially through my upper half, which, which I've certainly done. I mean, I put tissue on my lower half too, but, um, especially like through my delts and whatnot, you know, it's been productive. So yep. Um, yep. definitely paid off, paid dividends. So cool. Um, all right, let's go to you, James. You're, uh, you're in the thick of it right now. If anybody is, um, I guess, I guess touch on your, your timeframes within the sport um, when it comes to competing, what's, mm-hmm. you know, rationale for the breaks that you've taken and, and potentially will take after this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I probably rushed things in the beginning. So I might have a little bit different perspective because I kind of, I went into my first competition, not really knowing what I was doing. I had been like working out for sports performance for a few years, but not really necessarily bodybuilding in any smart sense that I would, you know, looking at what I was doing now. Um, So I had never really officially bulked. I had never officially run a competition cut and I coached myself. So that was a, you know, everything I could do wrong, I did do wrong, but I'm glad I did it that way because it got me into the sport and I fell in love with it, you know, with all the errors and everything still loved it. So that was November, 2017. And then in a quick turnaround, I then competed in the spring of, what was that? 19. Yeah. Spring of 19 into June of 19 put on a good amount of mass because I was, you know, at that point, the knowledge that I had after that first show was, you know, exponentially increasing because I was so dedicated into learning this. Um, but then from there was when I saw the greatest improvements, which we're now seeing. And, you know, so now that was June of 2019 was that last show. I went into a, a, a surplus from that point until January of 2021. So about a year and a half, no mini cuts, no deficit, just like slamming food and got my weight to levels that I probably won't touch again, but I think it was necessary because I'd never done that before. I'd never had that true bulk to really push things to what they could do. And we really weren't, the, the plan was never this year I'm going to compete. It was once I've reached a look that we're happy with, that's when I'll compete. Sure. So we did finally run a mini cut starting January of 2020 and got down from like 215 or 205 to 185 and looked really good. Obviously COVID was happening, so we weren't going to compete, but it gave me like the idea that, all right, like it's a waiting game now. So now it's when will this fit my lifestyle? When will this fit 
you know, the social circumstances and the circumstances of the world. So yep. I think people get too caught up on, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to take a year and a half off. It's like, if you're taking time off to improve, why don't you objectify what those improvements are going to be and make sure that you have visually before you actually dive into a full contest prep, because it's a commitment. Yeah. You, and you touched on that, right. Where it's like, if we're happy with the look then I'll compete. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if someone sets, you know, a time frame, they're like, okay, I'm going to start prepping April. And like April comes around and you're like, you know, subconsciously or consciously, you're like, I'm not happy with the look, but then you pursue the prep, you know, it's not going to end how you want it to more than likely. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we would have done that mini cut, I would have got to 185 and then like, I look the same, no chance, no chance would I could be competing right now, but we yeah. saw what we wanted to see. And now we're trying to play it out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Connor, for yourself, your situation is an interesting one, kind of similar to me, at, at least anyways, last year, whereas you, you wanted to compete, you were trying to compete, but the world said no. Um, I guess from that point to now, you know, your mindset has obviously changed, you know, for numerous reasons. So, you know, talk about that a little bit and where, where things are at for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And just like, you know, the idea of the weighty game in general, it is kind of like, a, I'd say a theme in natural bodybuilding and just bodybuilding in general, or really any, you know, hobby or skill you want to develop, right? You got to put a lot of the background work into it. But um, the thing that's on my mind lately too, um, I just want to get this thought out of my head uh, before, before it leaves is just like, you know, when it comes to like, when you get to the advanced stages of the sport, you're only like just a few bad decisions away from kind of going backwards, right? Because what you're you're kind of clawing for is like this extra like 2% of muscle mass. Like that's probably what's on the table after you've trained for, you know, if you've done a good job of training for a decade, you're probably, you know, that's probably around where it is, right? And you have to have all the circumstances line up, right? So you probably got to be in a surplus. Training has to be, you know, pretty damn perfect. Um, you probably want to prioritize the body parts that need to be prioritized and deprioritize the ones that are already strong, right? So you got to have... A really good plan and then all of a sudden you know life gets in the way right and you don't even make that two percent you may even slip backwards right and that's kind of a pessimistic view on things you know uh, but um you know like just recently that was the, what happened to me was this reminder yeah. of this like you can just make one kind of like little slip up in the gym and all of a sudden you can't train you know a body part for a few weeks right uh yep. you can get sick you can get covid right you can and be out of the gym for a while and it might take you, you know, a month or two just to get back on track, right? Or do you even just feel like you can train again? So I think, you know, most competitors who truly love this sport would probably like to compete, you know, yearly or maybe even more than yearly, but sometimes life circumstances don't allow uh, for it to be progressive, you know, if you do that. And, you know, everyone knows like, you know, even like, like with the natural gains is they're so small to get that quantifiable, you know, amount of, uh, of gains from season to season, you need to have a decent amount of time there. Right. And, you know, obviously some of the, some of the enhanced people, they can get away with competing more often than once, uh, uh, per year, but even those guys, you know, some of them will slip, uh, from show to show if they don't take care of business. Uh, like there's, there's years where like Ronnie Coleman did the Arnold and then did the Olympia. And then he was like downsides for the Olympia. Cause he put everything into the Arnold prep. Right. So, I mean, even, even those guys need to play it, you know, pretty smart, you know, pretty strategic. Right. So it kind of just is what it is. And, you know, I've been in this sport for so long, I've kind of just learned to embrace it. And some of my competing aspirations in 2020 in 2020 was more so about trying to get that pro debut in. Um, And I just kind of wanted to, 
I didn't get a chance to do it in 2019 when I won it. And they had that one year cap. And I was just, I just felt like it was, even though the timeline wasn't ideal, the life circumstances were all right for it. But yeah. then COVID hit, right? So then it was yeah. it was a wash, right? And uh, you, I just got back into a surplus. <laughs> do you think you would have, if, if they didn't have that one year um, requirement that you have to compete within a year, do you think you would have wanted to compete within the year? I, I probably mean, obviously I probably, they, they waived it, but yeah. looking I probably back, would've, you, I would have preferred two years probably, yeah. Okay, because that's what I did. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. I'm shutting it down. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, man. And I mean, I think with, if you account for the recovery and then the acclimation period, you kind of need to like get to a higher body weight. And like I said, get that 2% or 2% more muscle mass that's on the table. You know, it probably is uh, a timeline that goes a little further than a year, but it's also individual because it depends how fast you recover. And I mean, I know what you're saying when you said it took you that long to feel like normal. And I don't think I've taken that long before, but it, there is like definitely a period where like, even if you feel normal afterwards, you probably still need to put some legwork in the gym to get back your muscle mass exactly where it was. Cause most people are going to probably get, you know, some slight losses towards the end. So um, yeah, I just think in most situations, the timeline favors a, a little bit longer, but there will be people who can do it in one year and make it look cool. And then it, you know, it can get popular, you know, and some people can try it. Some people might succeed. Some pe others might feel like they would invest, you know, would have done better at had investing more time. And it's just like, just like anything, like if, if you invest more time into it, it's going to be a better, you know, end result. If you spend more time investing than you do cashing out. Right. So mm -hmm. it just, it just depends what you, I guess what you need, right. Or what you, what you feel like you want to do for your career as a competitor. That was a good, uh, analogy right there and that kind of echoes my competitive life so I started competing um the end of 2015 I did two shows right back to back then come out of it spring 2016 come up fall 2016 come up uh spring 2017 that was it and then 18 I did I took off I did powerlifting that year but for so for basically like 2015 right to 2018 like it was compete 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 come up compete come up compete and it was like you know I think the 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 novelty of it like the excitement of oh this is new you know I was doing really well so I had that positive reinforcement from a placings perspective um you know it really kind of pushed me to just keep competing keep competing and and you know whether it was uh you know, healthy obviously is a, is a whole different story. And, you know, life circumstances during those times were probably up and down when maybe they didn't need to be, but I was just so focused and invested in it. Right. And then, you know, 2019, so I, I took 2018 and the latter half of 17 off, which was good. And then 2019 was a return to the stage, which was a definite improvement from, you know, competitive um, times prior to that. And then you know, similar to yourself, 2020, I tried, um, but it didn't pan out. And then that's when I started working with Cliff and, you know, Cliff, Cliff's been someone that, you know, I look up to as not only a coach, but as, as a mentor, I think from a mindset perspective, emotional intelligence, like he's someone that I, you know, when we do our coaching calls, it's like five or 10 minutes about me competing. And then it's like life shit and coaching and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the things he told me was like, you, he's like, you need time away. You, you need a good amount of time away. I think if you really invest in that, like you said, you know, if you invest 
when you cash out, it'll be a lot better. So, you know, from that point on, it was kind of a switch where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't need to compete. Like I felt like I needed to, you know, whether it was, um, you know, for me inside, or if it was like, oh, I need to like prove it to other people or be in the spotlight, you know, whatever it was, I felt that need to compete and don't get me wrong. I don't regret it. Trust me. Um, but when you see it from the other side, you can kind of look at it and be like, ah, you know, what are you doing there, kid? Um, and you know, right now, you know, this little mini cut, you know, I, I said, I took some photos the other day. I, I've sent them to, uh, to James and Dan and I, and it was probably the first time I really looked at photos and genuinely was like, all right, like, you know, we've done some different. Yeah. Not, not only that, like, obviously the difference from, you know, season to season was huge, but I actually felt like I looked like a bodybuilder, which is like for people that are listening, that might sound really weird, but I think all of us can probably echo that statement at some point we've looked at photos and be like, man, you know, you, you actually look like you you've done something. And yeah, I, I kind I of like, feel like that in the last year, like, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm actually, I actually look for sure. Look, you look, look the part. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, like right now I feel really good, which I think, and you know, Cliff had said that, that, you know, you'll get to a point where you just feel good. And I think from competing for so long and then, you know, on the other side, pushing up in the off season, which doesn't feel great either. I'm like, man, like I, I, there, I was really excited to start prep, but now I'm like, not that I'm reserved from it, but I'm, I'm, you know, I feel good. I'm not overly focused on like food choices. You know what I mean? We had friends over on the weekend. Like I had ice cream cake. We had a barbecue training's going really well. You know, my sleep is good. You know, all these things are just really good right now. And like, I don't want to ruin it, but I want to check off that pro card next year. And that's, you know, I don't know if we were live when I had said it, but like after next year, we'll probably be a pretty extended time away from the stage, but I just feel like intrinsically I need to kind of check that box before I can move away from bodybuilding for a bit. And probably similar to you, Connor, where I was like, I need to check off that pro debut. But then when, when that couldn't happen, circumstances outside of your control, you kind of got over it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it, it, when it, whenever it happens, if I have to requalify, whatever, you know, what is what it is. Yeah. Um, And you know, that's, you know, for me for next year, I'm like, okay, I kind of want to hit ABC and then just like get this feeling again and, and live relatively normally. Right. And you know, yeah. uh, You know, we're getting married in the fall next probably year or two will be a family. And, and that stuff starts to kind of just creep higher up on the priority mm-hmm. list. Right. And that's something, you know, James and myself have talked about a lot because he's in that position where it's like, you know, for me throughout my competitive career, I've always been in relationships. Don't get me wrong. And they've always been very important, but I feel like bodybuilding might've been just up there a bit more for so long. And like, whether that's good or bad is a totally different story, but now it's starting to kind of just like, I do bodybuilding, but I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't know if that's the phrase I want to use, but that's kind of how I feel. Right. Like there's more to me than that. And that's why I'm okay with like waiting and, you know, compete next year. But then it's like, man, it might not be till 2025. Right. A, que- a question popped to my mind because I'm considering it for myself too. And I just kind of thinking about it as we're having this discussion, but how do you feel about the WMBF's kind of like, system of them wanting to get have their pros compete every two years like could you see yourself being happy competing every two years um like throughout 
the rest of your twenties and your thirties? Like, does that sound good to you? Or do you want to just check off the, a pro debut and just kind of maybe come back when you, you're really feeling into it? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, my, my perfect scenario next year is pro card pro debut done. Mm-hmm. You know, line those shows up, whether they're two, three, four, eight weeks apart and, and check that stuff off my bodybuilding bucket list. And then what happens after that, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I know, like, I feel like I know guys that have kept their pro cards for a lot longer than they've competed, but I could be wrong. I don't know if you just need to pay. Like, I, like, I, I don't know all the intricacies there, but for, I guess, no. to answer, I guess to answer your question every two years, like to me, yeah. that's just, you know, like say I, I win my pro card next year and then I want to compete in two years. I have a two-year-old. Like, I, I don't yeah. think, I don't think I'd want to do that. Not going to yeah. lie. You, to, to be honest, I, I don't know. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't know if the WNBF will hear this or not. I think they renew the pro cards for some and they might not for others, depending on competitive history. Um, yeah. Honestly, sometimes maybe popularity, although I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But I think, I think if you're like a pro show winner by them, you're probably going to get your pro card renewed past that two-year mark. Um, but I really don't know exactly what their criteria is for it. Um, you know, and that, and that's something, you know, that I, I mean, I'll say right now, I, I don't agree with, I, I think that, you know, for me to, or for anybody, right. I'm not going to say me for, for, for you, let's take you, for example, for you to earn that pro card, you are a pro natural bodybuilder within that organization, but because you don't compete in two years, you're not a pro anymore. Like, you know, I, I, I don't understand that. I don't agree with it. I think that like, yeah. you know, what it like, yeah unforeseen circumstances what if for some random reason you couldn't financially make it happen yeah like how how is that like why why should that even be an issue right like i couldn't make it work couldn't pay for it sorry couldn't pay for it well sorry it'd be a different game if you were getting paid for it so it's like yeah it's it yeah i'm with you leroy that's like i mean like i'm sure there's a lot of enhanced athletes right there's sponsorships there's um you know, endorsements and stuff like that, like uh, that probably weighs into a lot of it. Right. I know, mm-hmm. I know uh, of guys that have gotten paid to do their shows because it's going to bring an audience or name value or whatever. I can maybe empathize with that. We're not in that situation. So I, I, I don't see why that rule needs to be in place. Cause I, I don't think many other organizations do that. I know Dan, the OCB doesn't, once you turn pro, you're pro. I would have, I wouldn't have been able to compete this year. I wouldn't yeah. be able to compete this year. Cause I, would have competed in 2018 and it would have been three years. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. However, the OCB does force you to maintain that membership. So you still yeah, have to I pay did. your dues. I had to pay so the it's dues. Like, that yeah. I can, I mean, I mean, whatever. Was it like a hundred bucks a year? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. WMBF is about that much. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I can I get still, over, I, I still I don't over agree with it though. Years. I, I, I think I can the, get over it, but I yeah, think it's, it's the principle like, of it. It's not the it's, dollar. It's the principle. It's, it. You're forcing me. It's, it's pay to play, right? Like yeah. I've earned this. It is now my right to choose when I want to do so. And if the problem is that you're not getting enough people to compete, so your organization is suffering financially, well, then that's on you to incentivize the athletes to compete. That's not on the athlete to feel obligated to compete. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I mean, I pay it, but yeah, I, yeah, especially like years that I'm not competing, like the last two years, I haven't competed. I've I've paid the dues, but knew I wasn't competing because I wanted to, you know, 
be able to be able to pull the trigger when I could or when I when I when I wanted to, you know. Well, and that that I mean can only probably increase the quality of the athletes, right? Like you look at yourself, Dan. If you had have rushed to compete, I mean, you probably would have been better for sure, but nowhere near to where you are now. Same with Connor, yeah. right? If Connor felt obligated to compete, say this year, right? Say that the timeline worked up to this year, you know, with your your sickness and your injury and stuff like that, like you wouldn't have been the Connor that won his pro card, right? Maybe you were the same, maybe a little bit worse, but that's not that's not what you should want as a, a federation. I want the best Connor. I want the best Dan. Yeah, man, for sure. And I mean, it's just, you know, you put so much time and effort into this, you want it to be your best. And I don't, I don't feel good about going into a prep unless I've kind of checked all the boxes and, yep. you know, I, I, I need that kind of confidence and fire behind it. You know, I need, I, I need that like progressive off season, you know, coming into the, coming into the contest prep to just be like, yes, like I'm excited to what I'm going to bring. And that's what, that's the fuel that drives me throughout, you know, the hardships of the prep, but yeah, I mean, to get back what, to what you're saying about the federation fees, it's like, you know, it is only the WNBF that does that to my knowledge. And I think they kind of talk about it as a way to keep like pros that maybe won a sh pro show and or won, won a pro qualifier in like 2001 to come to prevent them from coming back into like 2020 and doing a pro show without, without you know, having to requalify. And I remember too, like, backstage uh, a gentleman in my class in New York he was a former WMBF pro and he said they wanted well, I wanted him to requalify and like my to my knowledge that's why that rule is there I don't know if it's that big of a deal like I just if the guy was in the pro class you know he just would have placed where he placed and he would have paid the pro entry fee yeah. but I mean you know I guess they have their own reasons reasons for it you know financially and you know maybe they just want to keep it a smaller league of pros i'm really not sure but it would be interesting for someone to kind of maybe like grill um yeah i think his name is bob bell bob and tina bell I, they're the ones that are are the presidents uh i'd be curious to hear it directly from them and i know i know eric helms did do a podcast with them but they didn't really talk about that so i i'd like i would have liked that to be brought up honestly <laughs> oh for sure yeah. you're right yeah make it happen make it happen yeah. slide into the dms <laughs> um <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, timer says we got three minutes left. Any closing thoughts? Any uh, you know words of wisdom with regards to like playing the the time frame game within bodybuilding and you know not feeling obligated to maybe compete as frequently as the outside world may want you to when you know inside you're like ah, I'm just not I'm not there yet. Don't go into a prep willy nilly. I mean, it's we all know it. I think first time, first time competitors don't really understand if you want to do it right, yep. how serious it can be and how much it can change. I mean, I, I don't go into too much detail on like some of my personal aspects, but my last prep almost cost me a degree. And I was in a bad, bad place mentally and academically there for a little bit because I just did not have the energy or the emotional balance, if you will, to, yep. uh, to make decisions you know and I was uh, at that point not a licensed professional but I was taking care of people and it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't smart so there's a there's a there's a big commitment to doing this I, think I agree with that way I think it. once you've competed you you kind of understand that but yep. yeah until you really get to that level of body fat where it's it just affects you everywhere across all <laughs> facets it's yep. like you don't really understand you know what it takes to compete so it's different than any other 
endeavor or sport really yep. you know it's awesome all right people hope you enjoyed the episode thank you connor for joining us on this episode of natty news daily if you guys like the episode please give it a like subscribe to the channel for future ones and don't forget to follow us on instagram at natty underscore news underscore daily we are over 5300 followers which is pretty damn cool so thank you and we'll see you guys in the next one